Hello and welcome to another episode of Jonesing for Sports. Jonesing for Sports is a Michigan-based podcast focused on bringing you in-depth sports coverage of your favorite local college and pro teams with our own signature style of nerdiness and fun. As we delve into the nuanced world of sports analytics, we appreciate the constant support offered by you, our loyal listeners, for continually pushing our pod forward by giving ear to our wacky comparisons, spicy takes, and borderline manic ramblings. We do our best to make sports talk fun, but we couldn't do any of this without you here to listen. Today, we'll dive even further into our analysis of this year's bowl season, as well as taking one final glimpse into the rapidly approaching matchup between Michigan and Georgia and Michigan State and Pitt. So thanks once again for joining us, and let's get into it. Welcome to the Jonesing for Sports podcast. Was that a response to me laughing at you last time, Code? I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Okay, good. Before, while we were waiting for you to get on, Bran, we were just talking and game planning about what we were going to do, and Cody was preparing his intro, and I said, Code, maybe you should do like the opposite of what you did last week, and he said, what do you think I'm working on right now? <laughs> I wasn't that sassy, but yeah, to that effect, that's exactly what I was dialing up. And then he said, make sure you just don't tell Brandon. <laughs> well, I, I don't know why you went the opposite direction. I loved last week's. <laughs> I still don't know if I can take that seriously or not. Judging by you should. the uh, insane amount of laughter that carried on for about two minutes after I delivered that line. <laughs> you did a really you good job. talk sports of- and you listen. You did a really good job of fighting through the laughter in the background, though, last week, Code. So kudos to yeah, you on that. Kind of. It, it got me eventually, and I told him to shut up. <laughs> Pro's pro. It was enough to stop me mid, uh, midstream. <laughs> well, we got a lot to talk about this week, uh, and this is about perfect timing. It feels like it's delayed, but really, for me, bowl season starts tomorrow. With we've got the the pre games out of the way tomorrow is where the big games kind of start with Michigan State and uh, some Big Ten games. So before we get into that, maybe we should talk about what we did this weekend uh, and went to our first ever bowl game. Uh, yeah, yeah. How how dare you say bowl season starts tomorrow when we literally attended a bowl game <laughs> <laughs> just this weekend? So. Uh... Yeah. Uh, so, poorly worded trav poorly worded i'll back that up a little bit because so we went to the western michigan versus nevada football game the quick lane bowl and there were some sketchy calls and whatnot throughout the game and one of your sayings brand throughout the game was well it's the quick lane bowl what do you expect <laughs> no it, <laughs> anything can happen it, it wasn't that I just would exclaim quick lane bowl. That's all I would say. You, anything else was what you read into it. <laughs> uh, quick lane bowl. So bad news. I, uh, I realized I am not plugged in to, with my ethernet right now. So I'm going to do that right now. And either I will cut off from you guys or nothing will happen. So here we go. Well, we'll, We'll carry this conversation code until you get back to bring us back on track. Uh, 
I wish this was a video podcast sometimes <laughs> to see what's going on. Because Brandon just spazzed out. And I no, believe come Cody back. is fake frozen right now. But I also can't tell because he might no, actually he's be frozen. There's no way that that's not real. <laughs> is that real or not? Are that's you actually real. There's no code? way. He, he could not make that face that frozen. He's gone. Oh, uh, we lost we him. We lost him. <laughs> hey, yep, he's we lost back. him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cody, take, take a look. <laughs> One of our favorite things is when we lose Cody on this podcast, he, he signs back in, but the old B login is still there with a frozen face. <laughs> this one was a really good frozen face, Code. It's funny because I, I plugged it in, and for like five seconds, nothing happened. So I figured I was just going to be breezy. <laughs> so then I made a frozen face uh, as if I lost connection, and I tried to hold really still. And I could see myself slightly moving in frame, and then I actually froze, and I couldn't get it back. So I had to Beautiful. leave and come back. But we should be all set to go now. Uh, well, what was your guys' main takeaways from the quick lane bowl at Ford Field this last weekend? Move over, Bedlam. We have a new <laughs> cult classic bowl that uh, you never know what's going to happen. It was sheer craziness. We had that dude over on Nevada's side chucking a trash can and getting into fights and stuff. Um, you know, midway towards the end, I actually started to feel bad for Nevada after uh, we realized they lost their coach, lost their offensive coordinator, and their starting quarterback wasn't playing either. Um, you just saw a group of guys out there that, I mean, you know, they love to play football, sure, but it didn't seem like they really wanted to be there. And it looked like uh, they were really feeling the frustration of all the drama that had come upon them in the past couple weeks with uh, changing coaches, losing their all their leaders, essentially. So it was really a drubbing um, that we saw out there. But thankfully, Brandon was able to make the game a little more entertaining for us down <laughs> to the wire. Yeah, uh, Brandon, you want to break that down? Well, I'm sure you're talking about my my new spicy hot take rather than my my betting, um, because actually yeah, I was talking about the betting. I forgot about your hot take. The, the... We should talk about the betting before we get into your hot take because of how spicy that is. You know what? Is. It's not even a hot take. It's the truth. Link, uh, ink, not link, ink, Coach Lester to a lifetime contract, baby. It's time. To make him a Bronco for life. You know what? You know what Coach Lester is able to do for only the second time in program history this past Monday? Take home a bowl trophy. And I mean, if anything, Western should be winning the Quick Lane Bowl every year. It's like a home game. I saw Western Michigan fans, like, they would, like, run into each other. Like, they didn't come with each other. And they would just give each other hugs. It was like homecoming. It was great. There was a couple Nevada fans, but mostly it was Western fans. And uh, you know what? The only other coach to to bring a bowl victory to Kalamazoo was the great P.J. Fleck. So if Lester's going to walk in those footprints, I say, sign him up, baby. We'll take another year and another year and another year. Who needs to win the MAC? We're coming for the Quick Lane Bowl. This is the new Western Michigan. We're going to... Run teams off the field. Go back to Nevada. We don't need you. I don't care about their coaches. 
We'll take the trophy with us. So, uh, yeah, uh, Tim Lester, we're, we're thankful for you. Even though you took last place in your MAC division, we're still bringing home the Quick Lane Trophy, and uh, we're, we're ready to sign you up for 10 more years. So just to clarify, this this has nothing to do with uh, him helping <laughs> you secure that bet, where which you would have lost by half a point had he decided to kneel at the end of the game instead of blitz it into the end zone for uh, one of the backup dudes trying to get one of his first scores of his career. Well, I definitely had... I was not expecting Western to run away with the game, so they are up 21 at half, and it even felt like it was more than three touchdowns. It was just dominant. And uh, going into the second half, I, I did. I looked at what the current line was, and basically I, all I had to do was make sure that they increased their lead in the second half rather than let it get any smaller. And I, I just couldn't see how Nevada was going to, to gain any points on Western. Their poor quarterback was running for his life. Uh, Western was scoring basically at will. And it did get dicey at the end. Western stopped throwing the ball, and then uh, they did punch in that last touchdown pretty late in the game where they probably could have kneeled. I was very thankful for that. You're right, Cody. And I do believe that at one point I did say that if if Lester made the the cover for me, if he covered the spread, I would would change my tune because I've actually been calling for him to be fired earlier this year. Uh, probably more seriously uh, was that actually thought that way because he's he has not competed well in the MAC. Um, but then he goes in. I mean, he beats Pittsburgh this year and he runs away with a bowl game. These are the the teams that I would expect Western to struggle against, and then they can't beat Eastern or or Central. So definitely maddeningly maddeningly inconsistent. That's for sure. But because he covered the spread for me, kept the game a lot more interesting in the second half. Where we were, we were dialed in on every play. Uh, we were sell- jumping up and down when the, they intercepted the ball to secure that they'd win by twenty-eight. <laughs> Most people were like, "Why are, why are those people so excited? Like the game's been over since the second quarter." But uh, so it made the game really interesting, and because of that, Lester covering the spread for me, I'm going to give him all the respect I can. video of brandon and cody celebrating together when western went up by 28 (laughs) it's just it looks like it was just a huge moment in the game the way they were celebrating and (laughs) it wasn't it was the end of the game and they were already the game was in the bag but i'll I'll probably post that video to our social media because it's golden uh one cool thing in going to that game was we got to see the tallest quarterback in college football history Nate Cox at 6'9". Uh, that's the tallest anyone's ever been to play that position, so weird, cool thing. Well, we've got a lot of bowl games to get into, and I think this is really going to be our real bowl year. So I'm going to go back to what I said. With This is where bowl season starts for me. Uh, that Western Michigan game, Western game, obviously that's where it started. But now we've got a lot of big games coming up, and we're going to do some fun comparisons for this Uh Code, what is the what's the comparison thing we're doing for our each game? So our comparison is going to be the bowl comparison fitting, um, but these are going to be the different types of bowls out there. Uh, and so, 
I mean, it's not, it's kind of hard to describe it. You're just going to have to listen and see for yourself. But the type of bowl that we've chosen for each of these bowl games is going to describe our level of confidence about the matchup or just how we anticipate the game is going to look like uh, as the date approaches. So, Trav, do you actually want to start us off? It looks like you have the first one here. Sure. Um, we're just we're gonna do all the remaining Big Ten bowl games plus some of the la- last right. remaining big big games. So like Notre Dame, Cincinnati, and Alabama and stuff like that. So first game coming up on the schedule for in the Big Ten is Purdue versus Tennessee um, <clears throat> at 3 p.m. tomorrow. So probably right when today when this gets published, uh, that game is in Tennessee. At, in Nashville, so that's going to be a tough one for Purdue. Purdue had a great season, um, and honestly, I've been really high on Purdue. I took this game to talk about because I chose Purdue as my Big Ten team this year as we tried to lessen our blows by spreading out our love to some other teams. Um, so I Purdue really did made me proud this year in how they played. Played really strong against some competitors, and they should be every Michigan fan's second favorite team. So the game with Purdue and Tennessee, if I just looked at it straight up, I would have probably guessed that Purdue, the line would have been a lot closer. But it's going to be a tough one. Tennessee is kind of coming into their own here at the end of the season. They found their quarterback. They've got a receiver, that their first receiver to go for 1,000 yards. In um, and they... Uh, they shrugged off the is with Joe Milton and said, you know what, Joe, we should have seen that you weren't good. We should have not gone with you the whole time. And they finally figured it out. So uh, my expectations for this bowl, and so to kick off our bowl comparisons, I'm going with a cereal bowl. And the reason I'm going cereal bowl is, like I said, this kicks off bowl season, like my watching experience for bowl season. Uh, cereal is the first meal of the day. It's uh, breakfast time is the first meal of the day. Cereal's great. Uh, who doesn't like cereal? Captain Crunch, uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, favorite cereal by all time. I'm gonna enjoy this game. I'm gonna enjoy watching Purdue. I don't have high expectations for it. It's not gonna be like if it's on a meal scale. I don't think it's gonna be like a steak meal. It's cereal, cereal bowl. But I'm gonna enjoy it nonetheless. It's gonna kickstart bowl season for me so cereal bowl all right couple thoughts on a couple thoughts on that trap did you say they shrucked off joe milton i knew that was gonna come <laughs> back to bite me <laughs> i knew you're gonna come back to that <laughs> so uh you know word of the day it's good to, to learn new words but i'm just glad that you shared that with what us what word was i looking um, for there <laughs> one uh, two, shruck, shucked that's what i I was like, like shucked like a ear of corn. You could shuck some, yeah, you could shuck them because you're getting rid of. They shucked the uh, idea of whatever. Joe Milton. <laughs> well, you you got what I meant. All right. Well, I I knew exactly what you meant. I just really liked the the phrase you used. Um, so a couple notes for Purdue, um, probably leading to that line. I believe that Tennessee is favored by a touchdown. And uh, that does seem high, but Purdue is going to be playing without David Bell or George Karloftis, which are both um, projected first-round picks. So obviously Purdue doesn't often have a bunch of NFL talent, and they've got two first-round picks 
that they'll be playing without. So that's going to be tough. Uh, MSU fans know David Bell well. He, he just torched their secondary. And uh, Karloftis obviously provides the pass rush. So that could be a huge factor for Purdue. Then again, the SEC has gone 0 for 4 so far in bowl games. And uh, we'll, we'll see what they're able to do against Purdue. Yeah, SEC has gotten off to a horrible start. And I hope Purdue continues that for them tomorrow. So next up on the schedule is actually a game we're all going to kind of give our two cents on is the the big Sparty game, uh, Pitt versus MSU, 7 p.m. tomorrow night, tonight, if you're listening to this on Thursday. Uh, Michigan State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, as I see it now, and we've talked about this game a lot. So I think what we're going to do is we're each going to give our bowl uh, comparisons, but we're also going to give our prediction and maybe a key player for Michigan State in this game. So, uh, Cody or Brand, you guys want to lead us off here? I'll go with mine because mine's probably the lamest bowl of the, the three that we have. I just said that it's the key bowl. And if you're like the Joneses, you've got a bowl on your kitchen counter that everyone just throws, like, keys in or random mail sometimes or maybe a pen. Um, a lot of loose change. could end up in the key bowl so much loose change and you know just you 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 can reach in the key bowl and if you had your eyes closed you really wouldn't know what you're gonna grab or what you're gonna get there could be a a cat toy in there um and that's kind of where i'm at i'm not 100 percent sure what to expect from this game i'm intrigued by it but i you know i actually i posted this on our our facebook uh page or group the what were MSU fans feeling about this game? And the majority of them didn't have strong feelings. Uh, the most popular response was, I'd be happy if they won, but if they lost, it really wouldn't bother me. And uh, I think that's kind of where this game is at, the key bowl. I'm not getting excited about it, but hey, if I reach in and grab you know, some loose change or if I finally find my keys, I'll be happy. It could be a really interesting game. Um but, man, if, if you had all the best players playing, this would have been easily, I think, the best non-playoff game. And now it's really lost a lot of luster uh, without Kenny Pickett or Kenneth Walker. Uh, so that's uh, it's the key bowl for me. It's It could be good, but who knows? Am I going to grab my keys, or is there going to be a soggy dog treat in there? We'll, we'll find out Thursday night, which also it just seems like a weird night for a New Year's Six game. Uh December 30th, usually those games are, well, on, on uh, New Year's Day. So that's just a little complaint that I have. But hopefully it'll live up to what it could have been. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking along the same lines of Brandon there. Uh, were, were one of you going to say something? or Okay, I thought I might have cut you off. Um, so my bowl comparison is going to be the bowl bowl. And not like the bullest of bulls, but the actual <laughs> person, Bull Bull, the 7-2 center for the Nuggets. Um, so the reason I chose Bull Bull, um, one, it wasn't my idea, but I thought it was very funny. Um, but I chose Bull Bull because coming into the league, um, everybody loved Bull Bull. Bull Bull was just so exciting. He's just like this freakishly tall dude, 7-2, 7-8 wingspan. Um just the nicest dude, and everybody wanted to see him get minutes. 
2019, he was getting like 12 minutes per game. Um, nothing amazing, but he was a rookie. Uh, nowadays, he's getting like four minutes a game. Um, getting like 1.5 points per game. Uh, nothing really to write home about whatsoever. And people have started to kind of realize, you know, nice guy, uh, super freaking tall. Uh, but he's got some serious deficiencies in his game that don't warrant uh, very significant playtime. That's kind of how I feel about this bowl game. Uh, coming into it, before any of the news broke out about players not playing, um, this was going to be a really exciting matchup. You know, Kenneth Walker, always electric when he steps on the field. Kenny Pickett has been able to light up every team he's played against, uh, nearly every team he's played against through the air, and that's one of, actually, it is Michigan State's biggest weakness. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the team was going to be able to respond to, uh, you know, such a clear struggle right up out the gate. Now, knowing that both the biggest players for those teams are not going to be playing, uh, I think this is going to be a little bit of a messy game. Michigan State, uh, at times, has really lacked any sort of identity outside of Kenny Pickett. or Sorry, not Kenny Pickett, Kenneth Walker, rather. And, uh, I mean, we saw just how much a team can fall apart uh, in that quick lanes bowl when a team doesn't have their starting quarterback you know that's a huge blow for a team to not have their leader who's been there with them uh day in and day out so i think we're going to see two teams that struggle offensively and it's not going to be nearly as exciting of a game as it should have been if everybody was playing yeah i like that code um and for the same reasons as why i picked a mixing bowl uh both teams are going to have to mix and match and find some magic in different places that they originally didn't find magic all year long. Both Kenny's being out of this game, Kenny Pickett, Kenny Walker. Uh, that's huge for both teams. And we just watched a Nevada team who had a NFL quarterback sit out and their backup quarterback looked atrocious against Western. And so are, what, what are we going to see from Pitt there? You're losing a Heisman caliber player at quarterback are they going to be able to spread the ball out and find other places? Uh, whereas Michigan State, they're losing a Heisman caliber player at running back, their best running back in the nation this year. Uh, are they going to be able to find other ways to move the ball and make some magic happen in this game? So I, I picked a mixing bowl because both teams are going to have to mix and match. It might be messy. You're going to be tossing things around a lot, and who knows what's going to happen. But uh, at the end of the day, what do you get out of a mixing bowl? You get a tasty salad. I'm still excited to eat the salad and watch this game. Uh, no matter who's playing, it's still Michigan State in a New Year's game, and I'm really excited to watch that. Trev, uh, did I do something to you? Did you have mixing bowl? What does the outline say? It was not. It says salsa bowl. Mixing bowl was not highlighted, Bran. No, Salsa Bowl is on the outline. You made me change it because you had picked it. Then you blamed Cody for picking it. And then you didn't even use it. Oh, man. We had uh, an elaborate Google Doc set up prior to this pod to make sure that we, because this is a lot of bowls to uh, pick and give real zany comparisons on. We wanted to make sure that we didn't, you know, step on each other's feet and uh, overlap at all. And I guess, hey, you know, it's on the table. Now, Brad. That. <laughs> Every time I pick a bowl, Trav would be like, I picked that one. But he wouldn't actually like highlight it. 
And then I won. <laughs> use a salsa bowl. And Travis actually highlighted it. And he doesn't even use it. It was a last second change. <sighs> I felt like mixing bowl made more sense for what I was feeling. I called an audible. I saw mixing bowl was still available. Uh, so, so Bran, salsa's back on the table if you want to use it. <laughs> All right. Looks like salsa is back on the menu, boys. All right, next game. Oh wait, wait salsa sorry. is available. We gotta, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta do a prediction. Intriguing. Uh, Trav, do you want to do your prediction so that we just know, just in case, if you want to <laughs> do it, what I was uh, gonna do? I'm gonna go thirty-five, seventeen, Michigan State. I don't believe in Pitt, especially without their quarterback. And I think Michigan State can still move the ball. I believe in Mel Tucker more. I think I think they'll uh, they'll pull it out in a strong fashion. Yeah, I'm gonna go 23-17 Michigan State. Um, You know, MSU still has um, a really good passing game at times. You know, it's come in and out, uh, but they're gonna have to rely on it pretty heavily. I still think they have the manpower in that wide receiver room to get the job done. Uh, but it's going to be tough if they're not able to establish the run game. So relatively low scoring, but I think when you lose your quarterback, that's just something that you can't really uh, overcome too easily. So I don't think they're going to be able to um, pick an MSU. All right. Two picks for MSU. I'm going to make it a third, but I'm going to make it closer than you guys. I'm going to say uh, 31 to 28. And uh, I, I hope it's more towards my prediction than Cody's because I would hate to watch that slog. Uh, but you're probably right. I, I can't imagine that Pitt will, won't have a drop-off. But, man, if, if Kenny Pickett was playing, I guess you got to decide how many points is he worth because he probably would have thrown for 500 yards. Uh, I'm thinking his backup might be good for 300. Who knows? Maybe he's just the worst backup in the world. But, man, I think uh, – most quarterbacks, I mean, go through this year, every quarterback, even Michigan's. Uh, Cade McNamara has only like 2,300 yards on the year, and he he almost, what, what did he end up with? Almost 400 yards. So uh, hopefully a little bit more high scoring. But all three of us on, on Sparty, that's interesting. Uh, I'll just say my key player real quick. Oh, go ahead, Trev. Well, I just got an important question for you. Did you say Cody's slog? Yes, the game would be a slog. You haven't heard that one? That's a real word. Slog is a real word? <laughs> All right. I don't let's, know about that. I don't know. This. <laughs> well, you give you give your key player, I, and we'll... <laughs> my, my key player is going to be Jalen Naylor. Um, he is going to return from injury, and I think that their passing attack has really fallen off while he's been injured. And uh, – with him returning, I think it's going to be huge because they need to have that passing attack to replace the production le- lost by Kenneth Walker. They'll have to really lean on the arm of uh, Peyton Thorne, and he's going to need more than just um, – shoot, what's the other receiver's name? Uh, J- uh, Jaden Reed. Uh, with two yeah, with Reed. two guys, they're going to be able to stretch Pittsburgh's defense a little bit more. So he's going to be my key player. Uh, seeing what he can do returning from injury. Yeah, and mine is Peyton Thorne for that exact same reason. With the return of Naylor, uh, I think that should make the job much more manageable, but I guess time will tell. 
Yep, mine's the same as Cody's. Uh, Peyton Thorne, I think, has the potential to have a big game in this one. Um, it could be one of the good receivers as well, though. Uh, if they get a big game and one of them really explodes, it could be right there. But Peyton Thorne's got to th- toss it to him and throw him good balls, and he's very capable. All right, Bran. Slog. Slog it to me. All right. Slog. A spell of difficult, tiring work or traveling. It would be a hard slog back to the camp. Or you could say... Uh, to walk or move with difficulty or effort, he slogged home through the gray slush. Slog. Wow. I, I'm a dummy. I got called out there. <laughs> yeah, you know, just uh, just shrock that off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next game. Next on the bowl game list, we got Arizona State versus Wisconsin. And I have labeled this one the Soup Bowl, but not just any Soup Bowl, more specifically the Panera Bread Bread oh. Bowl. And have you guys have you guys both had the Panera Bread Bread Bowl? Yeah. Has to be filled with uh, cheese and broccoli soup. Mm-hmm. And the only time actually, yeah, I think the only time you can get that is in the winter. Um, and that's, you know, that's smart on their part, because when you come in from uh, really really cold winter's day and you get a nice warm bread bowl that you don't have to eat from like an actual container, but you can hold it in your hands and it warms your hands like a cup of coffee and you eat it and you get to eat the bread bowl too. There's few things that are just like so satisfying and so reminiscent of just comfort on a winter's day. And that's why I think this bowl is going to be very comfortable for Wisconsin. Um, if you look at Wisconsin at the start of the season, they had, uh, quite a bit of struggle, but they were losing against some very solid teams in Notre Dame and Michigan. Uh, you know, after they went through those growing pains, they went on a seven game win streak before they lost to the Gophers and PJ Fleck is the Badger killer. Uh, he knows how to take down a, a really decent Wisconsin team. So, you know, I wouldn't put too much stock in that loss. Um, they really ended the season very strong. But the main thing that I would look at in this matchup between the two teams is that Arizona State is a very, very run-heavy team. Um, and that's an utter statement to say that they're a run-heavy team. Uh, they haven't had a whole lot of success with their quarterback. Um, I'd have to look to double-check to make sure I got it right. But I thought it said that he had only scored 10 touchdowns this year. Um while also logging a fair amount of interceptions. So they are very run dependent. And Wisconsin has um, one of the best run defenses in the nation. That is their bread and butter. Wisconsin is also a team that is really the team over the individual. They don't usually have too many like um, absolute superstars. So we're not having to deal with anybody opting out of bowl season here. Um, you're going to see the full strength of Wisconsin on display, and I think they're going to walk away with the win comfortably against Arizona State, like a bread bowl from Panera. <laughs> Good breakdown. Is a bread? Do you think a bread bowl is just the best way to eat soup? It's got to be. It's so good. I get weirdly you can't excited eat glass. when I see bread bowl on the menu. That being said, I've only had like maybe two bread bowls. Um, in my life, but I, I look back on those moments as like, man, that was, that was awesome. (laughs) And the thing about it is, is like the bread itself isn't even really that good. 
<laughs> and I don't think I usually finish it because it's so so filling. Uh, but the fact that you can eat the bowl, I think that's so fun. <laughs> and I love how it warms your hands and everything. It's just something about it. It's like, yeah, this is the right way to do winter. <laughs> well, let's get into uh, the Friday games, the New Year's Eve games. Uh, and that one is kicked off on New Year's Eve at 11 a.m. with Rutgers and Wake Forest. Who's <laughs> yeah. got that one? So you uh, you wake up on New Year's Eve. You're excited for the playoff. But what do you get to whet your appetite? Rutgers. That's five and seven Rutgers versus ACC runner-up Wake Forest, who has an awesome offense. This is the guillotine bowl. The bowl that goes in front of the guillotine to catch the lopped off heads because this is going to be a massacre poor Rutgers it was not planning on going bowling this year as I said they were five and seven they didn't qualify however Texas A&M bowed out of this bowl they said they had too much COVID issues going on it's unfortunate Texas A&M Wake Forest would have been a really really exciting matchup uh to see that offense at Wake Forest try to take on the speed, the SEC defense. Uh, Texas A&M's got a lot of pride for a program that's done absolutely nothing, and uh, I would love to watch that matchup. But unfortunately, we're looking at Rutgers, who has uh, been at the bottom of the Big Ten. They did give Michigan a, a battle this year, and that's if you're Rutgers, you got to hope for that kind of effort against Wake Forest. I do not see it. Rutgers has been... Well, they thought their season was over. They haven't been practicing. And then last minute, they accept this bowl bid. So they've only got a couple days to string together a game plan to scout Wake Forest and uh, to get their guys back in the right mindset. I mean, I'm sure those players were probably eating as if it was the off season, not like it was in season. So you're going to have some slower, uh, hopefully motivated, but I just don't see it coming together for Rutgers. The game is uh, scheduled at, looks like... uh, Wake Forest is giving 15 points. If I was setting this, it's going to be at least 21. I see Wake Forest winning this game by three touchdowns, maybe four. And uh, hopefully Rutgers can represent well, but I don't think anyone's going to hold it against them if they get absolutely slaughtered by Wake Forest. I don't know what it is about Rutgers, but I'm excited to watch them. Maybe it's that underdog thing. They're Big Ten. I agree. It's probably not going to be pretty, but I'm all in on Rutgers, baby, to start the day. That would be the feel-good story of the season of bowl season if uh, this team that <laughs> couldn't muster a winning record throughout the regular season is able to to win one over a great Wake Forest. And you know what? It's hard to cheer against Wake Forest. I mean, they've perennially been a terrible team, and they just kind of came out of nowhere, and they were really good this year. So, uh, It'll be interesting. Most likely, I think it's a blowout. If Rutgers can hang, then They'll definitely earn a lot of respect on New Year's Eve. Well, the good news is you don't have to wait long for another bowl game to start on New Year's Eve. Uh, Just an hour later, the Central Michigan versus Washington State game starts. Um, And that's a surprising game as well. Uh, It's another one of those COVID games like Rutgers was forced in there. Central Michigan was supposed to be in the Arizona Bowl, which was the Barstool Sports Bowl, which would have been pretty cool. But... Playing in the Sun Bowl is way cooler because they went from playing and they were going to receive like a few hundred thousand dollars (laughs) for the school for playing in that bowl game to now they're receiving a few million dollars uh, 
<laughs> for playing in the Sun Bowl and a against washington state like what an upgrade of course they're gonna take that tony the tiger pays a little bit better than barstool (laughs) (laughs) seriously so uh good for them they're gonna be on a mainstream uh cbs channel to watch the game as well so that's exciting um that being said i I don't think they're gonna win central finished the season pretty strong but again they're they finished eight and four second in the mid-american west uh they played some good teams this year, but Central's one of those teams where if they put it together, they could they could play with about anybody. Uh, that that's a stretch, not with anybody, but they can put together some good games. I expect them to put together a good one here. Again, they're gonna have minimal time to prepare for Washington State, but man, you got to be excited to play in that one. The energy is gonna be high. Uh, so my comparison for it is a punch bowl. You go to a party and. There's always a bowl of punch. At our family Christmas, our grandma makes the best punch ever. And punch in itself is a good drink. Like, if it's a Tuesday and you're not at a party, uh, you're not going to get excited probably about drinking Hawaiian punch or something like that. But when punch is in a bowl, it's just different. It slaps a little differently. Uh, And that's what I think with Central getting this. They were in a bowl game. They got their punch. It would have been exciting, but then they get into this way better bowl uh, because of circumstances that happened, and now the bowl, it's a, in a punch bowl. The punch is there, so that's my comparison for the Central game. Washington State by 14. <clears throat> well, Brand, do you want to start us off for our next matchup, uh, Cincinnati versus Alabama? You usually do a really good breakdown for these to get us started. Uh, sure. So, um it is unfortunate because at three thirty on New Year's Eve, a lot of people are still going to be at work. Uh, you know, I guess fortunately, a lot of people are working from home nowadays, but there's still a good contingent of Americans that will still be waiting until about five five thirty before they get to get going home, and hopefully they'll catch the second half. But uh, the Alabama Cincinnati matchup, I'm labeling it the Fish Bowl because I love fish, and I'm very excited about this game. Um, one reason is Alabama has been the giant that has terrorized college football for the, for more than a decade. Now they have just demolished all opponents. And there's been a few guys to sneak through every year, but usually those guys that sneak through the Clemson's or the LSU's, um, they're kind of giants themselves. Maybe not on the same stature of Alabama, but they, they can hang where Cincinnati is coming from the group of five. They're coming from the American Athletic Conference. If they were able to take this game from Alabama, or at least, you know, like uh, make them bleed, as uh, Batman says about Superman, this could have the potential to be, in my opinion, one of the biggest upsets in college football history. Uh, and, and you know what? If Cincinnati loses, they were always supposed to lose to Alabama. But I'm excited about this matchup. Alabama beat Georgia because they were able to throw the ball very well. And one thing that Cincinnati does very well is defend the pass. They've got two All-American cornerbacks. They've got a decent pass rush. I could just be saying all this and Alabama could win by 40. But you know what? I think that Cincinnati has got so much motivation. They've got good NFL-talented players. And uh, I think this game could be closer than people think. So it's the fishbowl for me. I'm very excited for this game. Um... I think most people see it as like the appetizer before the real event, which is Georgia-Michigan. 
which makes sense because that's going to be an awesome game too. But I really do think this could be a sneaky good matchup. So Fishbowl uh, at 3.30 between Cincinnati and Alabama is going to be one that it could be must-see TV. So hopefully people can hurry home from work. I know I'll be uh, ready to watch that game, hopefully with some really good food in hand. Well, I myself has labeled this the gullible because you'd have to be <laughs> incredibly gullible to think that this is going to be anything other than a bloodbath for Alabama. And my reason for this has nothing to do with the matchup between the two teams. Earlier in the season, Alabama loses to Texas A&M. The first loss Alabama suffered against an unranked opponent in about, I think, 200 years is the official <laughs> number there. Um and so now we see, okay, this Alabama team bleeds. Yes. Now we got Alabama yes. on the ropes against Auburn. Six and six Auburn. They have, what, 10 points late in the fourth quarter against Auburn. They lose against Auburn. Their dreams are done. They have no chance to make it into the postseason. But call it what you will. Call it the politics of college football. Call it the will of the college football gods. Alabama pulls a win out of their butts and weasels their way into the college football playoff, not before absolutely drubbing Georgia and reminding us that this Alabama team still has some teeth. Now this Alabama team is looking like the Alabama teams of old, and they're going to uh, go ahead and return to their Alabama ways and just absolutely wipe the floor with Cincinnati because that's what's supposed to happen. We can't have nice things. <laughs> We almost got a college football playoff that consisted of Georgia, Michigan, and uh, Oklahoma State. All of these teams that you don't see in the college football playoff. But of course, Alabama had to be there because they're always there. So, of course, there's that nice little idea that maybe Cincinnati could do something really spectacular and upset Bama. But is that what's going to happen? No, because we can't have nice things. Alabama shouldn't even be here, but they're going to because that's what Alabama does. <laughs> that being said, uh, I really hope Cincy can win this game and make it a, a really enjoyable one. I don't actually think that it's going to be a total bloodbath, um, but it just seems like one of those times where they shouldn't be here, Alabama. But since they are here, they're going to decimate because there's just so much talent on that team. Uh, I think they rise and fall with Bryce Young. I think in those games where we saw Alabama struggle, uh, he just wasn't able to step up to the plate and deliver his usual spectacular performance. But uh, if the game against Georgia is anything to uh, to make a guess about this, I think he's going to be in spectacular form when he steps up against Cincinnati. They are just way more athletic. I think Cincinnati is just going to have too much on their plate against this Alabama side. So I call it the gullible. Um, I'm gullible. I think it should be a good game, but I just don't see them <laughs> pulling it out. Cody, you were giving me some real Joker vibes there. <laughs> if, if I say that one little mayor was going to die, then everybody loses their minds. <laughs> uh, I got to push this back. This is the way it had to be. So I don't know if you guys are as big a sickos as I am, but I watched the entire Auburn versus Houston bowl game, the Birmingham bowl. <laughs> and let me tell you, Auburn's quarterback, I don't want to bash on, you know, uh, 19, 20 year olds, but 
he might be the worst quarterback in college football. <laughs> and uh, some 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 proof of that that Alabama game. And by the way, teams have scored on Alabama. They they're not the same defense. They are decent. They're they're good, but they're not the dominant Alabama defenses that we've seen before. They had uh, nine points, was it? Ten points? And, I mean, even that ten points, it was not thanks to the quarterback. That guy stinks. And uh, watching that bowl game was painful, just painful. And you, you had to be wondering at, at some point, like, what does his coach see? Kind of like when you would watch Joe Milton, like, man, you got to do something, coach, because we can't watch this anymore. Uh, I was feeling bad for Auburn fans watching that bowl game. And what Cincinnati has going for them is they've got Desmond Ritter, who is one of the best quarterbacks in college football. Uh, I'll be very interested to see if he can stress that Alabama defense. And uh, that's the real question. What Alabama are we going to see? Because clearly the team that played Georgia was not the same team that played uh, Auburn. So uh, you might, you're probably right. It's, it's a bad bet to ever second-guess Nick Saban. But, man, I just I don't know. There's something about this game that's kind of it's speaking to me. I think there's something weird might happen. Maybe it's going to be that Cincinnati, you know, puts uh, some fear into Alabama. Maybe it's going to be so weird because Alabama literally makes Cincinnati quit being a football team because they beat them so bad. But it's there's some, something weird is going to happen. Hopefully it's not the Gola Bowl. Hopefully it's not going to be the bloodbath. But uh, you you might you might be more right than I am. We'll we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Trev, I see your outline. I'm really curious which direction you're headed here. What's your thoughts on the the bowl game? Yeah, my uh, drug paraphernalia bowl. Um, Grandma and mom, if you're listening to this, I'm not condoning drugs or drug use. I'm just stating it's something that is out there. Um, But I I call it the drug paraphernalia bowl because America has high hopes for this one. America wants to feel that high and the high hopes of Cincinnati dethroning Alabama. And there's enough, everything you guys just said, there's enough there to give America hope that Alabama might not make this game. Um, But at the same time, drugs are a bad decision, kids. And what probably is going to happen is America's smoking the pipe of Cincinnati and (laughs) everyone's going to be feeling horrible the next morning Mm -hmm. because Alabama with this thing. So I'm probably there with Cody, but I really, really feel the high hopes, and I want Cincinnati to do good in this. Uh, but we'll see. Man, well said. I, I was not sure where you're going with that, and that that was perfect. And speaking of hope, I think Amer- America just doesn't want to see a SEC rematch. So I think everyone's gonna be cheering for Cincinnati and Michigan, uh, and Cincinnati's got the first the first crack. Hopefully they can pull their weight because if Michigan doesn't, then everyone's going to be upset with Michigan because nobody wants to see Alabama and Georgia again. We've already seen that show. Give us a new one. Yeah. And that's perfect segue brand into the second one. Uh, the second chance for America to dethrone the sec and to see that rematch. It's uh, what everyone's voted as the biggest, best bowl game so far, Georgia versus Michigan yep. to cap off new year's Eve and to roll into the new year. Um, I'll go ahead and give you my comparison on this one. I'm calling this the popcorn bowl. Uh, you get popcorn, you fill that bowl, and you're sitting back ready to watch a show. America, all the 
people voting on top bowls. Everyone thinks this is going to be the best bowl game, and I have no clue what's going to happen. I watched Michigan all year like you guys did. Michigan ended the year as good as anybody, but they showed enough weaknesses throughout the year that, like, who's going to show up in this game? Is it going to be the Michigan who trounced and put away Ohio State late, or is it going to be the Michigan against Michigan State who couldn't put them away and gave up at, at, through the second half? Uh, so I, wa- I actually watched a uh, video game simulation for Georgia-Michigan today while I was working. I just had it playing next to me, and I was sending you guys Snapchat updates of how that game was going. It was it, almost embarrassing how excited I got watching that video <laughs> game simulation. Like I was really into it. Every play that went good or bad, I actually had feelings towards this fake game that was happening. Uh, and in that in the simulation I watched, Georgia pulled away at the end. Michigan looked like the way better team the whole game, and then Georgia pulled away and won it in the end. Uh, and Cody said something interesting. He said, uh, if that happens and it's a good game, he's going to not feel the worst about it because Michigan showed up pretty good on the big stage. you want to clarify that a little bit, Cody? Well, my exact words were that I can't be mad at it. And I think the majority of that feeling stems from uh, a sentiment that we've kind of expressed multiple times on the pod that, you know, we beat Ohio State. We are the champions of the Big Ten. Everything that happens from here on out is gravy. Uh, And this Georgia team is very, very good. So, you know, I expected to get absolutely trounced by Ohio State. And then I had the dangerous mindset against Iowa that there's no way we lose this game. And I tried to keep that in check. Um, Luckily, that didn't bite me in the butt. But going into the playoffs, um, I'm really, you know, I expect us to perform. I expect us to put a good showing out there because this is a talented group of kids. And I expect the coaches to have worked really hard to develop a solid game plan to try and combat this dangerous front seven of the Georgia defense. But if we go out there, give it our all, look solid, but in the end it's just not enough, of course I'll be disappointed. Of course I will have wanted to win, but that's not something that I can be mad at because in the end, this is a very difficult matchup against what is essentially just a bigger, stronger version of Michigan. So I'm very much hoping that um, you know Alabama really did expose them and showed that Georgia is a team that isn't quite as scary as they've appeared to be, beating up on really mediocre teams all year. But that's not, I don't think that's the case. I think this is a very strong Georgia team. And I think Alabama has been getting a lot of flack uh, when they have just an extreme amount of talent on their side as well. So very difficult matchup. Um, It's just not one that I can really expect us to win. I really don't know what's going to happen. But if we end up going out there, showing up and taking the L with pride, that's not something I can be mad about. That's what I was really meaning by that statement. Uh, what's your what's your bowl comparison code? Oh, yeah, I guess that would be important to mention. <laughs> so uh, my bowl comparison for this game is going to be the Surgical Blood Collection Bowl. Uh, and so to clarify that, I don't think this game is going to be very surgical at all. Um, but I needed some sort of bowl that's going to collect the blood because there's going to be lots of it. Um, I, I failed to find the exact quote. Or, no, I didn't. Okay, Josh Gaddis on the game said it's going to be a train wreck inside. Two Smash Mouth teams going at each other. Endurance is going to be a big factor. Uh, so whether that's a little bit of a smokescreen or he's being brutally honest about the fact that they're just going to try and ram it through the 
the teeth of the defense as we have seen them do continually throughout the year? I don't know. I, I hope it's the former. I hope they're going to be looking very creative and uh, stretch the field a little bit as we saw against Iowa. Um, but I do think that this defense is much stronger than the Iowa defense we saw. And when things get uncomfortable, uh, I anticipate that we're going to fall back on what we find comfortability in, which is ramming the ball up the gut and relying heavily on our run game. So I do think it's going to be um, very jarring very uh, smash mouth. It's going to be physical. It's going to be brutal. And that's why I picked the surgical blood collection bowl, because it's going to be messy in the fact that these guys are just going to be ramming full speed ahead uh, into each other. I think both teams are going to be very meat and potatoes type football. Um, I really hope that Michigan can rise above that. We're going to have to see a very exceptional performance from Cade because Against this Georgia team, you're not going to be able to ram straight through their teeth. You're going to have to be creative. You're going to have to get it done through the air because that's the one way that you can actually hurt Georgia is by getting it done through the air. You're not going to be able to run through them like you've run through every other team up to this point. And so Kate is my key player for this game because there's going to be a tremendous amount of pressure on him to deliver a performance that is above what he has been called to do so far this year. Uh, it's going to be really all on him and on Gaddis to be able to draw up some plays that allow us to lean on our run game without being incredibly predictable and just falling right into the hands of the defense. Mm, that that quote just terrifies me. And uh, yeah, right. I, I saw that one too and thought, man, I just hope that that's like some, uh, you know, trying to throw people off the scent because if you're just running up the middle on Georgia because that's what you've done all year, you are asking to, for to get bruised. Uh, that's I would say my key player for Georgia is going to be Jordan Davis, their defensive tackle, because he could be the one to just wreck Michigan's run game. Uh, a defensive tackle that's 350 pounds, and uh, you think of defensive tackles who are 350 as like these nose guard, like they're usually really kind of just tubby. This guy is 350, and he's just monstrous he's just big like he, he carries 350 pounds well that is terrifying and i do feel for our center andrew vastardis has been awesome this year but he's not an overpowering center i mean he he's just smart and uh basically very technical technical can only take you so far when a 350 pound behemoth is breathing down your neck so i'm really worried about that interior offensive line matchup with uh, the All-American defensive tackle. Uh, I'll just go ahead and go into Michigan's key player. Cody, you're probably, at, I think, 100% right in that Cade McNamara, the game will hinge on on his arm. But uh, defensively for Michigan, I'm, I'm very concerned about the linebackers because now that Georgia has had all this time to prep, if you've watched Michigan games, you, you see their linebackers are liable to be thrown on. And... Uh, that nullifies a pass rush because those are the quick crossing routes, uh, the ones that no matter how good your defensive ends are, if you can just throw pick on linebackers, you could do that about all day. And uh, Josh Ross has had a good year, and they found ways to scheme up so that he doesn't get burnt too often. But he's going to be my key player. How can he hold up in the, the pass defense? Because Georgia has a fantastic tight end. I know Travis wasn't too 
too impressed with Brock uh, Bowers in the SEC championship game, but I, I think he might be he might be a Wolverine killer. I'll just put that out there. I'm really, really concerned about that matchup for Michigan. Uh, Brock Bowers, I, I would hope that they're going to have Dax Hill shadow him. Uh, rumors right now, Dax Hill isn't even in Miami yet because he was uh, COVID uh, positive or exposed to it. So hopefully he'll make the make the trip down there because without Dax Hill, that could be a, a real bummer. Um, my I, I call it the, ch- the chip dip bowl just because I'm so excited for this game and chip dip is amazing. And a chip dip is one of those things where if you're not careful, you could probably eat 2,000 calories of chip dip in a couple hours. And I'm probably going to do that during this game. I can't wait. Was it Jake Butt, who's your new Twitter best friend, Brandon? <laughs> uh, there's there's not a lot of people who are able to um, tack, well, what's we're looking for? Dip, diplomatically interact on Twitter. And Jake Butt is one of them. Uh, I I kind of questioned something he posted, which is kind of ridiculous because I'm a, uh, you know, what, what you'd say, uh, basically a keyboard warrior. I, I don't have the football experience that someone like a Michigan captain, an NFL player like Jake, Jake Butt has. And he actually responded to me a few times uh, tactfully, and uh, that was pretty neat. Most people on Twitter nowadays are going to basically just say, you're an idiot, shut up instead of just interacting, which I think is the purpose of the app, is to interact with people, similar interests. So, yes, uh, we're best friends now for sure. Hopefully uh, he'll he'll bring me to next next Orange Bowl, uh, you know, maybe next time. But <laughs> Well, most people don't take that approach on Twitter. Most people take the approach of you're an idiot, shut up, which is why Twitter is a cesspool. Uh, but definitely has potential for cool interactions like that. Uh, but the thing he was saying was that, you know, alphas don't bend to you know the game plan of the other team or i maybe you could explain how he said that actually um but it was along those lines of you know the winners they're going to play the game they're going to win the game their way and they're not going to change their mindset for another team which if somebody who has that experience like jake butt really thinks that that's kind of scary to think about going into that game because you can't just play the game the same exact way against a team with the strength of Georgia. Um, But I guess I never really gave a score or prediction. Um, I think regardless of whether they play the game their way or they try and get a bit more creative, I think Georgia is going to have a little bit too much juice for Michigan to handle. Um, You know, we were able to really bury Ohio State, but I think that just came down to Michigan having much better strength in the trenches uh, we were able to bury Iowa, and I, Iowa does have a strong defense, but I think there's only so much you can do when your offense is just absolutely horrendous. Uh, you know, they put that defense in a really tough spot. There was just uh, zero way that they could hang with Michigan uh, that entire game. With Georgia, I don't think you're going to get either of that. I think they're going to be too strong in the trenches, and their offense is much stronger than an Iowa offense, although if there's one weakness to exploit, that would be it. Uh Trev, what was the score for that simulation that you ran earlier? Was that 35-28? Uh, close to that. I think it was 35-24. 35-24. I'm going to go ahead and give us 28. I'm going to stick with uh, that 35-28. Close game. I think it should be very entertaining, uh, but I'm going to pick the Bulldogs. As uh, a certain character in a movie I just saw once said, uh, you know, expect disappointment. And you will never be disappointed. Hopefully, 
I am very, very uh, proved wrong, and I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Surprised. Pleasantly surprised. But what are your guys' predictions for the game? That same character at the end of the movie rescinded that feeling and said, forget that. We're going to kick their butts. Uh, And I'm going to take that feeling into this game a little bit. Um, I don't think Michigan's going to kick their butts. But hope and high high hope (laughs) and i don't want to say expectations but i think it's more so what i'm seeing from georgia's offense that gives me that hope could score more than them um my key player for uh the bulldogs is stetson bennett um if he balls out and has a good game i think georgia wins my key player for michigan is stetson bennett if he had (laughs) i think he is the key to this game uh, Michigan can keep him down and can control Georgia from moving the ball. Uh, they've got a really good chance of winning this game. I don't think Stetson Bennett's that good, but he's a quarterback on a really good team. And if he plays a just okay game, Georgia has a good chance. Um, but my prediction, I think Michigan's offense has – they've shown enough firepower lately that I really think they're going to score uh, plenty of points to win. That's the key to this game is – will Georgia score enough to win uh, and this stay with Michigan's offense? So I'm going to go with the Michigan Wolverines winning this game 42-35. to 35. Whew. That would be an all-time uh, playoff game for sure. And uh, I'm for it. That, I think, uh, that would be awesome. I think I Josh Gaddis is lying. Points being scored. Uh, although interesting, that <laughs> I don't Cody... think Josh Gaddis was telling the truth. I think they're gonna come out. I think it was a smokescreen, like Cody was saying, and I think they're gonna come really aggressive game plan. Yes, they're you know they're gonna do the Michigan thing, but uh, in the last few games that they're capable of pulling off some big plays, and I think we're gonna see that. I, I certainly hope you're right. Uh, I, I would be. I'll be honest. I'll be shocked if they're able to put up that much points. Uh, so, you know, our, the Heisman winner was able to put up 41 on him, so we're going to put one more point for good measure just to outdo Bryce Young. Uh, I really thought that it's interesting that uh, Cody, Cody's key player was Cade. Your key player was Stetson Bennett. I think you're both right because the teams, the team whose quarterback plays better I think is going to win. And uh, Tra- <laughs> I don't know what would be too negative. Trav said Stetson Bennett's not very good, and I think that Stetson Bennett and Cade McNamara – are like the same quarterback. The one, <laughs> their brothers. The one X factor is Stetson Bennett is actually mobile, uh, and I'm a little bit worried that we're going to see some of those plays break down where you know Ojabo or Hutchinson gets to him and then he steps up in the pocket, escapes to the outside, and then makes that downfield pass. I almost wish that JT Daniels was going to play in this game. Georgia fans want Daniels because he's a better passer, but mobile quarterbacks scare me. They this always have. They've given Michigan fits in the past. So that's going to be the key matchup. You guys nailed it. Which quarterback is going to carry his team to the championship? Well, uh, let's rock and roll. Oh, <laughs> oh my, my prediction. Uh, I forgot that. <laughs> uh, I'm – man, it's so tough. I I think you both are are close. I'm, I'm going to go in between you. I'm going to say that Michigan – is going to win a squeaker. They're going to win 28 to 23. And uh, I would be not at all shocked that it's, if it's more towards Cody's prediction, 
I would be shocked if both teams just blow up like Trav, like 35-42. That would be insane. I would love it. I hope you're right. Uh, and I feel weird predicting a Michigan win when I've told you guys all year that Georgia is Michigan but with five stars. Uh, so it's, it's, it's kind of anti-logic. But at the same time, I'm going to try to be a positive Michigan fan because I've been accused of being too negative in the past. So hopefully – Trav and I are right, and Cody is just super wrong. We'll see. <laughs> hey, I'm with you. I'm hoping for that, too. Well, let's. Uh, we've got four bowl games left, our New Year's Day bowl games. Let's go through the next three very quickly and end it on the Rose Bowl. Um, so who's got the uh, Penn State game? That's me. So first game on New Year's Day, we got Arkansas versus Penn State, and uh, – I'm, I'm calling this the decorative bowl because on the outside, it looks pretty nice. You know, it looks like those are two kind of big brand name football teams. But on the inside, it's really not very useful. And I'm not really very excited about this game. Penn State has had some opt-outs. Their best wide receiver, uh, their, their good defensive player with their safety. Uh, Arkansas's best wide receiver, another first-round draft pick, has, has opted out. I just don't have a lot of interest in this game. And you you should. It's on January 1st. It's the Outback Bowl. It's a classic. You know, if if the Big Ten wins, you can get coconut shrimp. If the SEC wins, you get a blooming onion. I mean, this is important stuff. And yet, it's just a decorative bowl. There's not a lot of use to it because uh, it just doesn't have that same luster. Penn State is 7-5. and five. This is not a good Penn State team. Uh, they had the potential to be good, but they just kind of fell apart. And uh, Arkansas, I would pick Arkansas in this game. Even though they're missing their best wide receiver, I think that they're going to have more juice. And I think Penn State's ready to move on to, ne- to next year. For Arkansas, this is will be a good cap. Get them a ninth win. So, decorative bowl, I'm taking Arkansas. <clears throat> All right, well then moving on, we have... Oklahoma State versus Notre Dame. And uh, for this matchup, I labeled this the parabola. And uh, for those of you like me who are only 95% sure what a parabola is, that's the the U-shaped line on a graph that meets at a specific point. Uh, On the left side of the graph, we have a half U going uh, infinitely negative. And so we have these two teams in Notre Dame and Oklahoma State that have both just received real punches to the gut, right? In Notre Dame, they lose their head coach um, right before an absolutely huge game. And in Oklahoma State, they lose out on the first college football playoff uh, experience for their team ever after losing to Baylor, who they found out were not sleazes. Um <laughs> I finally figured out, by the way, it was uh, they weren't slouches. That's the word I was looking for. I I said even later in that pod that stiffs was the word I was looking for, and it wasn't even that. They're they're no they're now slouches, um, and they weren't. They were a very solid team. Um, but the reason, like, and they weren't able to show up in that game. But they were losing. Uh, they didn't have their star running back in that game, and as I said, Baylor no slouches. I think they're going to have something to prove here. Um, meanwhile, we have Notre Dame over here. Marcus Freeman, now the head coach, and he's making his debut. 
This is his very first game, and he's playing in a bowl game against this Oklahoma State team that really is just about playoff caliber. They very easily could have been in the college football playoff, and this is his first match that he's coming into. Um, I think it's going to be too much for him to really galvanize this team. They're very excited. They're like, hey, who needs our old coach? We've got Marcus. Uh, there, You see the videos of the guys like really uh, – you know, forming around him and forming this new identity of we're all about the team. Uh, we're not going to let what's happened to us at the end of the season uh, knock us down. But at the same time, you know, coming out of uh, having a head coaching switch at in the middle of the season, it's such a hard thing to turn around from. Uh, they're also not going to have their starting running back, Kyle Hamilton. Um, and so it's just like so much change at the end here. I think it's going to be too much for them to really bounce back from. Whereas this Oklahoma State team is going to have their starting running back back. And uh, as I said, I think they are a playoff team. So I think just a little bit higher caliber over here in Oklahoma State than we got in uh, Notre Dame. So both these teams started off at the left side of the parabola, infinitely negative, losing out on the football playoffs losing out on or losing your head coach in the middle of the season. Only one team is going to be able to move forward to the right side of the graph and continue upwards. I think that's going to be Oklahoma State. One thing to to note there, uh, Notre Dame does have a really tough defense, uh, kind of like Baylor. And, boy, watching that game, Oklahoma State's quarterback was just horrendous against Baylor. So that's going to be the, the matchup to watch is what can Spencer Sanders do against that Notre Dame defense. Uh, you did mention uh, Kyle Hamilton's out, the All-American safety. But, you know, Notre Dame is, I don't know, maybe I'm just blinded by the brand, but I feel like Notre Dame's going to pull this one out. Maybe you're right. Maybe Oklahoma State's going to just be galvanized from their, their loss. But it, I think it's, I think Notre Dame's more excited about this than Oklahoma State after such a gut punch of a loss to Baylor. So that's actually, that's one I'm looking forward to. We'll, we'll see uh, on New Year's Day what, what Notre Dame can do. Trav, what you got? Are you there? You disappeared. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, before we get into our last game, I wanted to hand out some awards to you guys um, for your picks today. Uh, Cody, you the most creative bowl names. I don't think you picked one normal bowl the whole time. You went with play on words, bowl bowl, <laughs> parabola. <laughs> Wait a minute. Surgical Blood Collection Bowl. That was real. Oh, yep. That was a real bowl. Yeah, that's a regular bowl. <laughs> Brandon, I think yours... I was going to say, I could have sworn I had one in there. <laughs> I think Brandon's was the most accurate uh, accurate depictions and really drew the listener's attention to, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and then mine, I gave me the most likely to get mom and grandma mad at me for my picks uh, award. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the last bowl yeah, game... I think those are all pretty accurate <laughs> the last bowl game we got is um in what should no we skipped kentucky iowa oh we do have kentucky iowa um and i just closed out of it yeah that's me you? uh that's that's a salad bowl it's not going to be exciting <laughs> a 13th ranked team in the country uh we're talking about quarterback issue look at iowa holy cow a team without a quarterback they're uh I have no hope that Iowa does good in this game. Their defense is amazing, though, and salads, it's a salad bowl. Salads can be great. Kentucky is bringing the croutons to this game, though. Uh, croutons are the make or break. They add that little extra zest to the salad. Uh, I'm cheer- I hope Iowa can do something, but, boy, after their sh- schlubbing by Michigan, 
I don't have hope that. <laughs> I, I know that we got to try to hurry this up, but did you guys happen to see the the Big Ten video where each coach for each team picked their favorite Christmas movie and Kirk Ferentz couldn't yeah. answer? <laughs> what? <laughs> I did see that. Yeah, every How? coach goes through, and like a ton of them were all like the same answer, and then finally gets to Kirk Ferentz. He's like, "You, you know what? You, you got me there. I don't know. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough like, one. Like you could tell, the, the man could not think of a single Christmas movie." <laughs> So well, that's the kind there of... was a comment under that video where I saw it that did offer some clarification uh, to why that was such a struggle. It's because they don't have movies yet in Iowa. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's why. <laughs> so the, the explanation oh, I saw man. was because Kirk has been Iowa's coach since Jesus was born. So he <laughs> 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 didn't have time for any movie stuff. But that's probably the kind of... Uh, that kind of explains to me the offense that Iowa runs out there. A guy who doesn't even know what a Christmas movie is. But uh, Utah, Ohio State. Uh, yeah, this is a perfect cap to our episode because uh, this should be a prestigious bowl. And freaking Ohio State, all their good players are just opting out. Uh, what losers. I don't care what you say. This is, in hand. this is the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. You play a Rose Bowl for pride and for your team, and they're not. I'm not here to listen to excuses that their future's on the line and millions of dollars are on the line. You're going to play 100 games after this and sit out one or two here or there just because you're scared you're going to get hurt in those? No, you're going to play in them. My comparison is this is a bowl cut. I had a bowl cut. I rocked a bowl cut all through elementary school. You look back, and it was an era. It was the bowl cut era. The Rose Bowl to me is an era bowl game, and in the age of the college football playoff, when it's not in the playoff, it's it's like looking back at a bowl cut and thinking, oh, it used to be so glorious. Uh, where have we gone? Bring back the bowl cut. Bring back the glory of the Rose Bowl. This is the Rose Bowl, and I just feel like it's looking back with rose-colored glasses now that and it's because of how ohio state is handling this uh that's my rant i'm i know it's fueled by my hatred for that team so i know it's a little biased but i'll uh i'll concede i was just i was gonna say we've talked about opt-outs uh earlier in earlier pods do you carry that same energy with uh <laughs> kenneth walker and kenny pickett no a hundred percent that's the that's the peach bowl <laughs> we haven't they heard should that. be playing in those <laughs> there was more to talk about i didn't want to trash kenneth walker because he's like royalty to sparties i really didn't want to throw him under the bus hardcore but you know what my personal opinion is throw him under the bus i'd be so mad if he was my teammate uh kenny pickett too and Michigan State has the worst defensive pa passing defense in the country. You could go into this game, throw for five, 600 yards, and just bolster your draft stock. Uh, I get it. He doesn't want to get hurt, and you sit out. But, man, this sit-out culture that we're getting into is weak <laughs> sauce. Uh, I know it, I can't have this opinion because it's not my millions of dollars on the line, and so I feel like it's – like, I'm not allowed to have this opinion, but it's soft. 
Well, you heard it here, Nate. Uh, <laughs> Kenneth Walker is a bad teammate, disloyal, and borderline undraftable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, I'll just go into mine because mine's pretty different than drafts. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm calling it the Salsa Bowl because uh, Salsa is really hit or miss. And uh, sometimes you dip into salsa with like that really good like homemade chip, and it's it's bomb. And other times, it is is not worth the stomach space. So I, I have a very different opinion uh, on the Bulls. I love the Bulls, and I think all three of us, if we were ever in that position, probably would play because of just just kind of how we were raised and and our love for the game. But I also do not. It does not bother me when guys opt out um i you know michigan has dealt with that in the past because if you're not in the playoff and i know that the rose bowl is supposed to be different but if i'm ohio state because of my standards at ohio state this is crazy but at ohio state if you're making the rose bowl you have had a failed year that's just that's where they're at as program and so this rose bowl i think needs to be used for building towards next year and utah is a perfect example uh of a team that could help them uh, accomplish that their losses this year were against teams that physically dominated them which is which is kind of surprising because oregon shouldn't be a physically dominating team and yet they just really ran the ball right through ohio state Uh, they dominated them on the lines of scrimmage and so did michigan and utah is a team just like that if i'm ohio state this is my proving game that next year we are not going to get pushed around like that. Yeah, Michigan did it once. Oregon did it this year too, but it's not happening anymore. This is our chance to show we've got the guts. We've got the heart because I think people are questioning Ohio State's heart, uh, you know, rightfully so. And there are going to be a lot of young players that are showing what they've got in in such a big game. You know, you're going to see some other five-star receivers start to uh, rise to the top. And if I'm Ohio State, I want to see some of these other linemen because these guys who are going first round, they didn't cut it. So who else is is there? If I'm an Ohio State fan, I'm watching this game with a lot of intent. It's not where you want it to be, but it could be the springboard to where you want to end up. At the same time, if they lose to Utah, there's going to be a lot of excuses, which I understand because of the opt-outs. But a win would go a long ways for Ohio State with those young players that are taking over for their many. I think they have the most opt-outs of any team. And uh, I, <laughs> I appreciate your take, Trav. I'm, I'm on the other side of you on that one. Uh, if I think there's a pretty simple solution, expand the playoff. It, uh, you're you're going to have a lot less opt-outs and bowls. Like the Rose Bowl will suddenly become a lot more relevant, and the granddaddy of them all will, will actually have a, a purpose. But for Utah, man, that, that's a killer exclamation point for their season. You know they're not – going uh half-hearted into this game so i'm excited about it i think it'll be a a good game and very interesting how does ohio state respond to another physical opponent what brand when you said salsa i was wondering if you were just saying because both teams are red that's actually the more (laughs) accurate take and just as a reminder salsa was what you said you were going to use earlier so i did reclaim (laughs) that good (laughs) it all evened out (laughs) i'm somewhere in the middle between you two probably leaning a little bit closer to brandon um 
as a fan, it enrages me to see all these people sitting out, especially when, you know, each and every one of us would just give anything to be in the position that they're in, that they are freely giving up. Um, but I've also heard it said that, you know, these days a coach will leave before the season's even over. Yeah. Uh, so why should I be demonstrating this loyalty to the team when the coach that hired me in, you can't even know if he's going to be sticking with me through the end of the year. Uh, that being said, like, I still think you should owe a little bit of loyalty to a coach who hasn't left you yet. Um, so it doesn't really like sit well with me, but at the same time, you look at somebody like Jake, Butt, who tells you not to use his experience as an example. And yet you can't help, but do that anyways, because that's, a perfect example of somebody who had such a bright future stripped away from them in the very last game of their career, uh, their collegiate career. Um, so I guess it puts a bad taste in your mouth as a fan, but if you're a player with millions on the line and a very successful career ahead of you, I totally get it. Uh, it's just a little bit frustrating. So that being said, I have decided to call this the trick or treat bowl uh, because before this game is even played, the absolute meltdown of Ohio State <laughs> fans on Twitter and other social platforms has just been an absolute treat to watch. Um, you've got people on Twitter who are saying that, you know, now that all these players are opting out of the bowl game, they've decided that Ryan Day has a, a culture problem <laughs> over Ohio State. And you got so many people that are trying to speculate on why that is. Some are saying that he's got too many out-of-state recruits that just don't get it. And they, I guess, are actually wanting him to be less successful on the recruiting trail. Uh, so you get players that believe in the team a little bit more. Um, and just for anybody to be dissatisfied with what he's been able to do with the program so far uh, is just absolutely ridiculous. And it's just just a, such a treat to watch uh, them absolutely implode over there uh, after, you know, all the crap that they've given Michigan fans over the years. Um, that being said, if you take away Ohio State's like first string, their second string, their third string is probably going to be some four star that we've never seen before. That's probably going to be pretty good. Um, so I still anticipate Utah winning this game, uh, but there's still a chance that Ohio can do Ohio things and make it a really good game and come up with the win and produce an effort that fills Buckeyes with pride. Um, and that's, of course, not what I want. That would be uh, the trick in this scenario. But regardless, uh, it's been really fun as a Michigan fan to see uh, what they would label the plight of their team. Um, I just can't stand to see a team so spoiled to think that, as Brandon said, a Rose Bowl berth is a failure. Um, I do get it because, I mean, considering what they've been able to achieve in the past few seasons, that is a bit of a disappointment. But to see them humbled to that level, um, is definitely something that's very entertaining. So I hope we get a, a treat in this scenario and not a trick, but uh, I guess we'll see as time moves on. Uh, but I thought that was uh, a good name for my feelings on this bowl. And uh, one more comment, Cody, that you reminded me of with the bowl discussion. Uh, we actually heard it from the coach at the Quick Lane Bowl when they had Coach Lester up on the podium. He, he said multiple times what that trophy meant for, for Western Michigan was that it was giving them a ton of momentum going into next year, which I almost wish that he, he would have said more like, you know, 
honored like you know our seniors are going to take this with them forever like they're bowl champions only the second time in program history like he really leaned into the momentum of next year and i i think unfortunately i don't love it i just think that's the reality of the bowl situation that the bowls that are not playoff games are simply about momentum going into the next year and so that's why that's where i'm at where i'm at with ohio state uh with a bunch of new guys coming in because it's all about what can you do to prepare for the next season even in the granddaddy of them all the rose bowl it's a sad state of affairs i think trav's right I would like to see it return to the bowl cut era because that was a great era when the bowls mattered. But uh, I think that's that's the reality of the situation until until things change. Well, I tossed it up on our Facebook group. It's a poll now, so America, you decide. Is it soft or smart for players to sit out? Uh, we already got a comment. <laughs> uh, Jordan Park says, is it possible that these two are not mutually exclusive? I lean that it is soft and probably smart. Uh, George, you're smarter than me. I, you're probably right, but what? no, you, you got to decide. <laughs> this is sports you gotta talk. Take We're not side. allowed to be rational. You have to pick one of two extremes. Exactly. <laughs> Get that crap out of here. I do appreciate how fast he commented on that, though. Yeah, <laughs> a, that was a really, really, uh, really smart response. Darn it. That being said, you should probably delete it if you can, because I think a lot of people will choose that. <laughs> yeah. That'll make that stupid, post less, stupid uh, pull, less engaging. <laughs> All right, Code, take us home, man. Well, we're certainly looking forward to seeing just how wrong we are on all of these takes. Uh, maybe not the most wonderful time of the year, maybe it used to be, but most certainly a fantastic time of the year. So thanks for joining us, guys. Um, we hope to see you here next time on the podcast where we talk sports and you listen. There you go, <laughs> yeah. Brand. Um <laughs> you know, be sure to leave us a review or give us a call at what's the number, Trev? 2345-MI-CODY. We really appreciate hearing from you guys, and we love interacting with you on the pod when we get the chance. So, uh, yeah, thanks again just for being here, and remember that Ohio sucks. See you guys later. Bye.